By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It's BS.show and it's September. Right, Shelley? No, it's October. No, that song is September. <laughs> See, I got oh. you. Oh. Well, that song reminds me of what does the fox say? You know, it's interesting you should say that because she is from, I believe, the same same country as those guys. Uh, yeah, she's from, they must let her borrow the yeah. the, the beat. <laughs> yeah, they have they have an official state backing track that <laughs> they use all them on all their songs that come out of. I I think that's I, not true, is it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In some in oh, some in, it's not true. In some countries you they have fluid, buddy. You no, gotta no, tell. no, no, no. In some countries they they regulate everything. I mean, more than the United States does now, but they regulate uh-huh. everything. Oh yeah, yeah. They have How they do have they regulate more than what we got. They have Department of Beats. Uh, in in you know B E A T S in that in, in, they see in Denmark or something like that. That's where she's uh-huh. from. Ser- seriously. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You don't believe me? Why don't you believe me? Hold on a minute. Let me look at this. Man, look at this cable. No, uh, where? Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, her real name is. She's got some, you know, some interesting long name, but she goes by the name of September. That's why I threw you for a loop. You know, you were like September. No, it's October. You thought I was, I was, I was tripping. You there, were right? having a Shelly moment, is what I thought. <laughs> a Shelly moment. Hold on. Uh, September. September singer. Let's look. A Shelly moment would be screaming and crying and whining and which you were pretty much doing. Uh, Petra Markland. P e t r a m a r k l u n d. That sounds about right. Sweden. Born 12th of September 1984, known by her previous stage name, September. She's a, sw- a Swedish singer, songwriter, television presenter. Markland uh, started recording in professional studios around the age of 12. First came to the attention of the music scene with September's debut single, La La La, Never Give It Up, in 2003. Released from her studio album, September 2004. So she's 38. Uh, here we go again. I love these things. This is the genre of music she records in. Pop, dance pop, house electronica and euro dance okay explain to me shelly here's your here's your quiz we're going to give you a quiz write me a thesis on the difference between pop dance pop house electronica and euro dance it just cracks me up we you know on wikipedia especially it's like okay explain well, all of those things have a subculture yeah but but if someone, all of those it, genres of dance. Okay, if someone says to you, give me an, an example of electronica song and also a, a house song. And not like, oh, my house has a nice roof. No, I don't want that kind of stuff. Uh, here, let me, let me, here, here's the definition for house. House is a music genre characterized by repetitive four-on-the-floor beat and typical tempo of 120 beats per minute. It was created by DJs and music producers from Chicago's underground club culture in the late 1970s as DJs began altering disco songs to give them a more mechanical beat. That's what house is. Okay, what's... what's I remember... What was that? What's Eurodance? Eurodance... Uh, uh, also known as Euro Energy, Euro Electronica, or Euro, is a genre of electronic dance music that originated in the late 1980s in Europe. It combines many elements of hip-hop, techno, high-energy house music, and Euro disco. This genre of music is heavily influenced by the use of rich vocals, sometimes with rapped verses. This, combined with cutting-edge synthesizers, strong bass rhythm, and melodic hooks, establishes the core foundation of Euro dance music. What in the hell did they just say? 
mean, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Oh, God. You know, that's when you become a music nerd. I know people who are music nerds like that who can tell you, they can say, you know, like you can mention two artists and they can say, well, the difference between, I don't care if you just mention, you know, if you say like, uh, like you know, Taylor Swift, by the way, have you heard this deal last night where I'm, I'm thinking to myself, has Taylor Swift jumped the shark? Supposedly, what does that mean? Don't you don't you know what the jump the shark means? I really don't. Okay, it da- I know what baby shark is. Baby shark 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 okay. shark 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 shark. Jumping the shark references uh, the uh, episode of Happy Days when Fonzie is like on like a boat or something like that. And he, which he hates water, and he was wearing his leather jacket. Right, and he and he doesn't like shorts. Either. And he jumped over a shark. In the water. And, okay. And people went, oh, my God, this show's just gotten... In other words, it got to be to the point where people went, ugh, that's stupid. You know, let me see if I can jump the shark. So people, and that in other words, came it, into it, jump the shark? That yeah. was a well, in other catchphrase? Words, yes. In, it's, in other words, it went too far. It's like, okay, this is stupid. Nobody believes this. Jump the shark. Oh, uh, so it's okay to have flying sharks. Uh, here is here is the here is his from the definition from Oxford Languages. It says informal of a television series or movies reaches a point at which far fetched events are included merely for the sake of novelty, indicative of a decline in quality. So in other words, it gets at a point where where it's just you, it's time to end the show. It's yeah, he's on a high note. He's water skiing. Uh, it says the idiom "jumping the shark" was coined in 1985 by John Hine in response to a 1977 episode from the fifth season of American sitcom Happy Days, in which Fonzie jumps over a shark while on water skis. And there he is. He is in shorts. He is in shorts, but he's wearing his leather jacket, and and he's on water skis. And apparently, it's like the. Um, the phrase is pejorative and is used to argue that a creative work or outlet appears to be making a stunt in a seemingly exhaustive attempt to generate elevated attention or publicity to something that was once perceived as popular but is no longer. And here's the picture of him. Hey, you know, he's actually out water skiing. He looks pretty good on skis. He's he's actually water skiing. And in this picture, he's up on the skis. He's got his he's got the tow rope between his legs right at his knees in other words it's got he's got that you know the the metal part or whatever it is like the the you know i don't think it's metal it's made out of like plastic or something like that that you hold on to it's between it's behind his kneecaps and he's got his hands out like hey and uh, it says fonzie on water skis in a scene from the 1977 happy days episode hollywood part three after jumping the shark history John Heim and the University of Michigan roommate Sean Connolly coined the phrase in 1985 in response to Season 5, Season 3, Hollywood Part 3 of the sitcom Happy Days, which aired on September 20th, 1977. In the episode, the central characters visit Los Angeles where water skiing Fonzie answers a challenge to his bravery by wearing swim trunks and his trademark leather jacket and jumping over a confined shark. The stunt was created as a way to showcase Winkler's real-life water skiing skills. Apparently, he's a really good water skier. In 1997, Heim created a website, jumptheshark.com, to publish a list of approximately 200 television shows and his arguments as to the moments each jumped the shark. The site became popular and grew with additional user-contributed examples. Heim sold his company, Jump the Shark, Inc., for over $1 million in 2006. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, see, listen, did you hear that? Smartest woman in the world. You buy some of these domain names, sometimes things get valuable. And sometimes Shelly's dog barks. One of those two things. They're having a conniption fit. Why is that? Are they, are they, are they, are shark, you have your sharks in your pool? Are they jumping over sharks? 
Uh, no, right now we just have slime. You have slime in your pool again? Yeah, we never I thought finished you got it, it. I thought you got it cleaned out. We did, but then it rained. And then, So you can't drain it? Yeah, no, we can't drain it. We have to physically pump it out. Is the is the what's wrong that you can't drain it? Don't you? Um, don't there's, you? The, don't, the lines are cracked, and we need a new pump installed. We have it. We just need it installed. Don't you have one of those things where you swim down the bottom pool and you, you it's like you know you screw that thing out and the water just goes out? You know, like bottom of your sink in your house. No, you don't have that. No. What? You don't have that? Brad, our lines have busted. We have to put in new lines, which we have the stuff. We just have to um, put it back. We we got one of the um, companies set, gave me a bid, and it was actually a very good bid. We included a liner and installation and everything, but we just don't have that money right now. Did you um, Did you build that pool, or was it with the house? No, we built the pool. You built the pool. Mm-hmm. So how old's the pool? Actually, it's about 28 years. Really? You've lived there that long? Yes. Wow. We've lived here almost 30. Wow. And the neighbors still talk about you, right? Yes. They, they, no, they, <laughs> they're completely oblivious to us, except for, I don't know, bro. Oh. You know, you know, there are some, there, I won't go there. You know, I've always had, wherever I've lived, I've always had bizarro, weird neighbors. You know, I told you about my neighbors that, my very first neighbors when I first got married, who the guy moved the tree, the moved the fence on, on, so the tree looked like it was my tree. And then when the tree, a big limb came off the side of his house and, and tore its siding up, he made me pay for it. But yet he secretly knew that it was really his tree. Happened twice. And then one day I got the property surveyed and I realized that the tree was not mine. It was his. And I go and confront him. Oh, yeah, I knew it all along. And he admitted to me. Well, when that house went up for sale, before you bought it, I went and took the fence and I took it down and I moved it on the other side of the tree so it looked like your tree. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. You know, he admitted that to me. I mean, can you believe that? I I can, actually. People don't surprise me in the least anymore. But isn't that illegal, what he did? Who knows? I mean, what what are you going to do? You know, I mean, there's so many things that happen on a daily basis. There's so many things that are illegal on a, you know, that that, what are you going to do? You're going to call the police? They're going to go, you know, because here's here's what what would happen. Baby going to cry? No, no, here's what's going to (laughs) happen in that case. Let's say I I call the police. Baby going to cry. And I call the police and I say, hey, look, let me, you know, here's the guy. Let me tell you what he did. Now he admits to me that when I bought the house, right before I bought the house, when the house first went up for sale, he moved the fence. So in other words, he put the fence on the opposite side of the tree so it looked like the tree was mine. When actually well, you should have had it surveyed. I, you know, I learned my lesson. I've, I tell people this all the time. Considering never, that's what your dad did for his whole life. Never, ever, for- ever buy a piece of property without a stake survey. I'm not talking where the surveyor comes out and just verifies the boundary lines. I mean, he puts the sticks in the ground with the little flags on them, and you can go out and look at, okay, right. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many times I, through like my, you know, personal and and business career, I have, you like happened to me at the AM transmitter site. Do you know that I, you know, you've got those purple poles? Yeah. There was actually an email that came out from my heart to warn you about 
the purple pulls and you better turn around because there's no trespassing. Well, but the problem and with I that is. I learned that from you. Nope, not. Well, you talk to anybody in the. And in, no dawdling. You talk to anybody in the state of Missouri who's taken the hunter education class, they know that. We're talking about the fact that it started, I believe, in Arkansas, and Missouri adopted it, and a bunch of states have adopted it. The problem was that farmers and people who own ground, like, you know, in the middle of nowhere, had problems with trespassers. And typically what would happen is someone would trespass and they would tear down the sign that said no trespassing and they would go hunt on private property. And then the owner would say, hey, you're on private property, no trespassing. And the guys would say, I don't see any signs or no signs. And sure enough, there were no signs because these guys tore the signs down. So what Arkansas did, and then Missouri followed, is called the Purple Paint Law, where if you take the boundary of your property, and typically this is like, you know, this is like in a subdivision or stuff like that. I guess you could do it in a subdivision. But you paint, and you can paint anything purple. Fence posts, trees, you have to, I think you have to put a band of purple paint around, like if it's a tree, the you have to. The bottom of your tree. You have to, well, you have to, it has the, to be. The, it has it's to, not the stalk, it has the trunk. It has to be. It just can't be like one line. It has to be like two feet, you know, the band has to be two feet tall and it has to be between, I believe, three and six feet off the ground. So in other words, you paint like... So basically eye level. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the whole point of it. The idea being, and you paint you paint fence posts or you paint trees and things like that, and you paint it purple. And that is designed to define if you have property rights and if someone goes on your property, you can say, hey, you you know, as a matter of fact, at our transmitter site, we've got a pole every 100 feet that's painted purple. Brad dances off of it all I, the time. I, I pitch, People honk which and pole? stop and wave. And 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 if you, if you cross those poles, you're trespassing and you can be arrested. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem we have with that is, is that the FCC, it gets one step further with us where we have to have, it gets complicated. We have to have what's called, there's like three levels of warning. You have to warn people like so many feet from the, the tower and then you have to warn them again. You have to warn them, you know, in other words, increasing in warning. In other words, if you go into a piece of property that's like got an antenna on it, it's got to say, hey, this is an antenna, you know, stay away. It could fry, fry your brain. And then the next one could be, you know, hey, not only can it fry your brain, it can fry your armpits. And then the third one says, do you want to have kids? Don't come any closer because if you do, you'll be neutered. That's the signs we have to have out the transmitter site. So. And you know, that's actually, you jest, <laughs> but that's kind of true. <laughs> well, but it is and it isn't. I mean, the, 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 the situation. I mean, that's what they thought about the, the radar, the ASR. Yeah, but the but the three over in on Ashby on Overland. But the problem with it is you have to be so close to the antenna. It's like it's like people. I told you the goofy story about how my one goofy professor who we, who took that. I was a freshman in college and was one of the first classes I took. And this guy was just a nutbag. Remember we talked about that guy that was the population bomb, Paul Ehrlich. And the book was written in the 60s, and the guy essentially said, by the 1980s, the uh, the population of the world will be 4,000 billion people, and people will be living on top of one another, and you won't be able to turn around without running into somebody. And it turned out to be BS. Matter of fact, the problem is in most of the world uh, right now, in most of the countries, we talked about this with Japan and in China, there's a negative population growth. So in other words, the population doesn't get bigger, it gets smaller. And if we didn't have the immigration situation right now in the United States, that's what would happen in the United States. The, the country would get smaller. Every year, the country would be smaller because the days of families having, you know, three, four, five kids are gone. 
Nobody does that anymore. Rarely do you hear How Do you know anybody? Like, for example, your daughter, and I'm not trying to pick your daughter out, but does your daughter have, want, to fa- want to have five kids? No, she doesn't even know if she can have another one because she barely survived this one. Well, she's got some physical issues that, that she yeah, has. She yeah, she Okay, and I'm not making fun of her. She, she, she had, a what, two miscarriages, didn't she? A cervical topic pregnancy. Right, which is not good. Uh, it's very rare, actually. Anyway... The problem is that you don't have those kind of families anymore. I know. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I who is it that I was talking to the other day? Tell me they have eight brothers and sisters. I'm going, what? <laughs> you got eight brothers that's and sisters? That's a parish. I mean, that's that's like that's like what? You know? And somebody else? Well, you know, what was that goofy family? The 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 waggards or whatever that had like 19 kids or something like some crazy like that. Anyway. Were they all adopted or no. were they all? Same mom, same dad. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Who was that? Good breeding stock. It was was one of the TV shows. I have to find that out. Somebody knows that. Uh, Text me, uh, 314-280-8880. It's 6.30. We have to take a break. It's BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. You know who that is, Shelly? No, Brad. Who is it? The Donut Liquor. I knew it. I knew you were going to do that, and I just didn't want to deny you Ariana, your, your life's little guilty pleasures. Ariana Grande, the donut liquor. Yeah, the donut liquor herself. That is so 2015. I think that is 2015 that happened. Well, she's still it, licking. It is. She's, as a matter of fact, she's got she's got the uh, the uh, the new ad campaign for Krispy Kreme. Oh, she does not. Honest stop to God, you, you haven't just seen this. You haven't, you haven't seen this ad. No. They've, it's pretty. It's pretty clever ad. They've got a Krispy Kreme surrounded by looks like police cars and things like that, and and you know and people are coming up and they go like, "What's going on? We're protecting the donuts," and you know and people drive by and you can't get close to the place. All of a sudden, you see in the parking lot behind the police cars, you see like the the you know like the 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 blacktop starts to like you know bubble up. And pretty soon, like, you see a hand come up and then a whole body come up. And, and she's, like, in this, like, work suit. And she unzips the work, work suit. And she's got, like, this slinky dress on with high heels. And she walks in. And she looks at the camera. And she goes, these donuts are so lickable. And she licks like they've got a tray of donuts. And she licks the donuts from one side to the other. She gets every single donut in the entire tray. And, you know, and then the, the, the announcer comes on. Yes, Krispy Kreme donuts. They're lickable, but they taste even better. You are so better. wrong, Brad. You've never seen On this? so many levels. You've never seen this commercial? No, why don't you send it to me? I will. I will right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Missouri. Show me. <laughs> you know, is that the world's stupidest motto or what? You know, what does it show you? It's like, hey, I don't believe you. Show me. <laughs> you know, it, it's not. It's, it's it's our thing. It's our it's, vibe. It's stupid. It's stupid. Why anybody would, you know, you open up the, the, back in the day when you had the phone book, you could open up the phone book to show me, and there's a bunch of different businesses called show me. Okay, first off, why would you call yourself show me electronics or show me house painting or show me carpentry? or Because it designates Missouri. But why would you do that? I don't I don't know. Somebody in their infinite wisdom came out and thought that that would be a good thing. Right. Okay, it's like calling yourself Gateway something or other. Okay, there's only 5,000 businesses in the St. Louis area. They're Gateway Plumbing, Gateway this, Gateway that. What about Westplex? That's different. Why? Because we got Brian Richardson's approval. 
<laughs> SMH, brother. Uh, <laughs> no, but the idea being is it's it's I mean, why you just can't even No, why I don't understand people start businesses, okay? And sometimes like for by the way, you know, I told you about Jump the Shark and the guy started the website and and yeah. somebody bought You know, if you go to Jump the Shark right now, you know what it takes you to? I have no idea. TV Digest. So in other words, Jump the Shark is even gone. It doesn't even exist. They just bought the domain name. I guess is what they did because if you, if you go to jumpthesharkcom bang, it takes you to TV Digest. It's like I told you the story. Used to be that if you went... I didn't went, even know there was a TV Digest. Oh, yeah. Remember the little magazine you bought at the grocery store? Did you ever buy I them? do. That was the TV Guide. Maybe. Hold on. Let me, hold on. Let me go back and look. You're right. It is TV Guide. Hold on. Let me look at this real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. What? I said you're right. Jump, oh, jump one the Shark. One more time. It was kind of... Oh, no, you're, you're right. It takes you to TV Guide. TV Guide, yes. Uh, TV Guide, the best Halloween movies to watch <laughs> in 2022. The 60, the 67 best movies on Netflix right now. I'm sorry. I don't have that much free time. I had a free trial of Netflix once upon a time. I'm going to admit to you, I don't have Netflix, and I don't miss it. I do have Amazon Dude, Prime. Dude, it's what, $10 a month? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sit around. See, remember. My problem is I have that real short attention span. You totally do. And and you know, two hour movie, forget it. Not gonna watch it, you know? That's why I love YouTube, you know? You can watch five or six minute videos in there. Or or you can now what's gotten sort of cool with YouTube is it's got the thing on it that tells you it's got chapters, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about with with YouTube? No. You can like when you create the video you can put a rundown in the description and you can put the times on there and you can time mark it when you create the video. So at this point in time, this is going to happen. So you can actually, it's like, it's like, it's like opening up a book and you can go in and read the, you know, the table of contents and you can say, okay, I don't care anything about this. I don't care about that. Okay. Chapter three. Oh, this is what's interesting to me. And you open up the book to chapter three and you read it. That's the same thing like they're doing on YouTube now. You can do chapters on, I don't know if they call it chapters, whatever they call it. But a lot of the people, the smart people in the description will give you the times and they put hyperlinks in there so you can actually click on the you know on the the particular segment of the video and just watch that segment if you want to just and watch of course they've ever they've posted advertising for each individual segment it's another way to beef up their profits well they don't necessarily stream of income i don't know youtube does that see that's the only thing that's obnoxious about youtube is you're watching something and all of a sudden bang in the middle of you watching something you know bang it's gone you got an ad but of course that's how people make money that's like, you know, all the guys, all the guys who are making a gazillion bucks off of YouTube. By the way. That's how we're making our money. <laughs> it is? <laughs> news, to, <laughs> news to me. I can't even say that with a straight face. Okay. It's funny. Somebody said to me the other day that there's a new number one video uh, on Wikipedia. As far as, in other words, Wikipedia saying most watched. Let me look at this. Most watched. Because for a long time it was it was Despacito. Most watch YouTube. Here we go. List of most watched YouTube videos. Okay, top videos. Number one is uh no, they're wrong. Number one is guess what? You just mentioned it a couple minutes ago. 
Baby Shark? Yes, number one is Baby Shark. Baby, Tiffany sings that to Harper Page. Oh, my God, that poor kid. And Harper Page just sits there and flaps her little hands and claps and Baby Shark, 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 11.54. Harper Page, Shark, 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 Shark. It was cute. 11.54 billion views. Despacito is now number two at 7.99 billion views. Number three is another another kid's video, Johnny, Johnny, Yes, Papa. And that's the Lulu kids, whoever the heck they are. 6.5 billion. That doesn't even sound like a child song. Shape of You is number four. Ed Sheeran, 5.83. He's so whiny. Number five, See You Again, Wiz Khalifa. Number six, Bath Song, 5.67 billion views. Number seven, Phonic Song. Bath Song? Bath, B-A-T-H, Bath Song. Oh. Uh, uh, Phonic Phonic Song with two words, Choo Choo TV, 4.95 4.95 billion views. Uptown Funk, Mark Ronson is number eight at 4.7 billion views. Number nine is Learning Colors. Uh, kids video, 4.69 billion views. And number 10 is Gangnam Style by Psy at 4.58. Okay, I heard Ed Sheeran yesterday. I listened to American Top 40 on KSLZ Z1077, and I try to catch it every Sunday morning. I'll be honest with you. You know, I had someone bring this up to me recently. And they said to me, you know, I like your radio stations, but lately some of the music you're playing, I really don't like most of it. I just, it's okay. It's just nothing, none is really my favorite. And what's interesting about it is music runs in, what do you call it? Cycles. Cycles. Thank you so much. Music runs in cycles. Right now, when I listen to American Top 40, I listened to the last hour between 11 and noon yesterday. I was out driving around, working at the transmitter sites, things like that. And I, was, I listened for about eh, almost an entire hour. Ed, Ed Sheeran was the guest. And he, by the way, he was bad. You know, he stick to singing Ed. You're no good at doing American Top 40. Anyway, some of the songs... Is that who they're planning on replacing? No, they have guest hosts all the time. They have like, you know, like, stu- hey, Ed Sheeran, I guess, you know... Uh, Is it like being on the Johnny Carson show? It's a, it's a privilege? Well, if you're doing American Top 40, I mean, it would be a privilege for me to do it. I mean, I'd love to do it sometime. You know, hey, hey. You could do your it's, favorite it's, Casey Kasem voice. It's Brad. I'll do I'll do the I'll do the <laughs> I'll do the classic Casey Kasem where he gets mad and and screams and yells about the stupid dog. Anyway, you what? don't you don't know this thing? No. <laughs> I bet you I can find it. <laughs> and I, I hope they I hope it's the bleep version because if it's the let me see if I can find it. Radio edit. You've never heard this before? No. Okay, I'm gonna look for it next break. We'll see if we can play it next break. Do you know who does radio edit? It's uh who is that that sang with Cheryl Crow? I don't um know. He does the the song Cowboy. Kid Rock Kid Rock. Yeah. And he was sitting there and he was singing cowboy and um and then he was, you know, getting up to the to the to to a big line and he says, Radio edit. Okay, hold on a minute. I found it and 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 I, I'm gonna play it off air. I'm gonna 
I'm going to preview it, audition it to make sure it's got the bleeps in it because this is a classic. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with the Casey Kasem. This is called the Dead Dog. Honest to God, that's what it's called, the Dead Dog Dedication. That's what it is. Where, you oh, know, that's somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 okay, yeah, okay, got okay, it. Okay, okay, it's 647. I screwed up. I didn't do that. Okay, hold on a minute. Just a minute. Okay, by the way, I just played. I'm glad I played that off air. I can't play that on the air. Oh, the Casey Kasem thing. It is riddled with F-bombs and GD bombs. From Casey Kasem? Oh, my God. <laughs> the F-bomb is in there. He says the F-bomb more in a minute than you probably said in the last two hours. Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I have... probably... That's probably not the I have case. to. I have to edit it because... I, I thought there was an edited version, but apparently it's not there anymore. But, yeah, he's just... And this is like a lead, supposedly, the story is that I've heard that back in the day, before we had the internet and all this other crazy stuff, that, and I don't know if you remember this, there's a, a famous story that happened with J.C. Corcoran here in St. Louis, that you could get your backyard satellite dish, and you could tune in certain satellites and certain channels, and they were used for certain things, and supposedly, he was like in New York... And he was in a studio in New York, and they recorded this out in the ABC Watermark Studios out in Los Angeles, out in Hollywood. And he was on a satellite link, and somebody figured out what channel they used, and he put his, you know, they they put their satellite dish onto the right satellite, and they essentially intercepted the 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 feed. Back in the day, we used to have a couple big satellite dishes. Uh, when I was doing my news network thing, traffic network thing, we were doing news and stuff like that. My friend Bill Kaufman brought over one of his big old monster satellite dishes. And it was a steerable dish. It was just like the kind they use like the TV stations. And back in the day, you could watch the news feeds. They were in the open. They were unencrypted. So in other words, if you just had a regular old satellite receiver, you could just plug your satellite receiver in and watch this stuff. And I remember the Oklahoma City bombing. There was one satellite that probably ABC, CBS, NBC, all the networks were on. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they had the uplink from the, the, the explosion site in the Oklahoma City where they blew up the federal building. It was nutbags blew up the federal building. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you could watch it. Just sit there and watch it. And then occasionally they would have reporters who would stand in front of the camera and they would do updates. And it was funny because <laughs> the reporters, you know, they were not on air, but yet... The satellite link was live, so you could watch it all the time. And they were standing in front of the place, you know, eating pizza, smoking cigarettes. One guy was smoking these big old monstrous Cuban cigars. They were cussing up a storm. They were making fun of people they worked with. Did you see so-and-so? Did you see how she was dressed? She had Was that skirt too short or what? <laughs> it was bizarre because these people didn't realize that there were guys like me sitting there with a satellite dish watching what they were doing because it was unencrypted. Now it's all it's all digitized and it's all encrypted. You can't do that anymore. But back in the day, so supposedly that's what happened, that somebody got the audio channel that he was using between New York and Los Angeles, and they recorded it, and that's how they got this tape. And what's interesting is, is that at one point in the tape he says, is Don on the phone? Don was the producer, and Don would sometimes call in he wouldn't actually be in the studio he would be in on the phone on a speaker phone and he would say he would like direct casey okay casey do that one over again i didn't like the way you i didn't like that read 
And, you know, this was, and they, they recorded this ahead of time. And, you know, he just would. And the interesting thing was that Casey, being the, the ex-DJ was, he had to hear the songs. In other words, they would play the end of the song for him. He would come out of the music. I get that because that's the way I learned how to be a DJ. If you have a, a nice slow song, you're coming out of, you don't go, 104.5 KSOQ. You come out like, 104.5 KSOQ. What a great song that is. And then you come back up to the tempo. And if, if, and if it is a hot smoking song, you come out of it with high energy and then you, you ride the thing down to normal energy. So he's like trying to, and it, and it, it, it doesn't make any sense to anybody who's never done this before, but it's, it's, it's a real thing. So Casey, they would have him play the, the, the part of the music and he yells at the engineer, play the, play the song over again, play the song over again. And then he F-bombs and GD bombs <laughs> because he's mad about having to read a dedication about a dead dog. And guess what the dead dog's name is? What? Snuggles. Of course it was. <laughs> he says, and he, he, he says, lost his... <laughs> Oh, he lost his. Uh... He goes on for like a minute and a half, and he's just GD and F bombing left and right. And this was on TV. No, this was no, this was a, a an outtake that didn't oh, make it. This it was, it was, this uh... is like this is yeah. like this is like studio tracks. You know, once again, they were rolling tape on it, so to speak, and he was just recording the takes, and then they would retake the all the takes, and they would assemble the show. And, and and he just he just loses it. He's just cussing up a storm. And it's funny because here's the guy. He's Casey Kasem, the guy that everybody loved. And you hear what he's really like to deal with because, which is so unbelievable. Because I know people that have worked like in Hollywood and stuff like that, and they have told me stories about some of the stars. They talk about some of the stars are so easy to work with. Some of them are absolute positive raving maniacs to work with. You know, I mean, just to the point where you don't want to be in the same room. Remember, that came out, who that came out about recently? Wasn't, remember that stuff came out about about uh, about uh, abusive language on the set and stuff like that? Don't you remember? There's been a bunch of them like that. Ellen? Yes, well, at, and I was one of them, Ellen, because it turned out, oh, I'm Ellen, I'm just, I'm that lovable little girl. She on probably the, had on a moment. Everybody sits there and gets on her but she probably just had a moment everybody's allowed to have a moment can you imagine what some of the women on the viewer like off camera because they're like that on camera i mean um, dial it up times 10 can you imagine wow, what I, I don't know what Whoopi goldberg's like off camera now who knows she might be super nice off camera but i can just i worked with guys like this i mean i mean i've told the story guy phillips had an incredibly terrible temper there was a wall as you came out of the studio in the old KSOQ building, there was a wall that had holes in it. And the, we never fixed it. They never fixed it on purpose because everybody got a kick out of it. We'd show people, oh, this is this is last week. This is where Guy Phillips got mad, came out of the studio, and threw his headphones against the wall. Guy Phillips, I don't know, destroyed I don't know how many sets of headphones. He gets so mad, he'd come out of the studio, and there's this wall as he'd come out of the door of the studio. And he would throw his his headphones as hard as he could into the wall and literally, they would explode. And there were parts of the headphone that got stuck in the wall, and we just left it there. And people, the visitors would go, what's that? Oh, Guy Phillips got mad the other morning and threw his headphones against the wall. What? He threw his headphones against the wall? Yeah, a guy has temper tantrums. He gets mad about stuff. He throws, throws stuff at the wall. Nobody would believe us. And it was true. <laughs> okay, we got to take a break. You ready for that? I'm sorry, what? We have to take a break. It's 
six. Yes, I'm ready. It's six fifty nine. Just teasing to see if you were paying attention. I'm not. I wasn't paying attention. It's six fifty nine. Duh. Are you gonna set my house on fire, Shelley? Ooh, sorry. <laughs> what did you? I'm sorry. What? I said, are you gonna set my house on fire? After I throw punch you. <laughs> you know what? We could go to uh, donut shop and lick donuts together. That like, sounds like so much fun, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> what an offer. Only you. Okay. Um, Only you. How, you. You think we've got weird stuff going on in the United States and our government. How about I this, totally do. How about this crazy thing with England, with the, the prime minister who lasts, what, three, four weeks? They have a new gal comes in. She replaces Boris Johnson, and then she resigns. And you know what's interesting? You know who they're considering to replace her? Who? Boris Johnson. <laughs> it's like, I heard this over the weekend. I'm going, what? Didn't they just get rid of him? Didn't they throw him out because because all ethical stuff and stuff like that? So she comes in. There's a whole ethical thing? Well, you know, he's in trouble for it. You know, he's still in trouble for During the COVID-19 he's thing. what? He was in trouble. He's got ethic charges against him because of the fact oh. that during the, during the COVID shutdown, where, you know, in England, you couldn't leave their house. He yes. was having he was having parties. Well, he didn't leave his house. Well, do as I say, not as I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like okay. well, you know, that was what people were mad about. Like, oh, you made us sit in our house and do not go anywhere, and you're whooping and whoop, you know, you're whooping it up with a bunch of women in an office, you know, blah 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 blah. Anyway, but it, I bet it was a totally sophisticated and educated crowd. You still remember that one, don't you? Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so supposedly, I don't quite understand the way the English government works. That they have a no confidence vote with us. It's like you know, you're, what's a no confidence vote? Well, that's they, it's like if you have a no confidence. In other words, you vote that you don't have any confidence in the leader. So bang, they're gone, and you you fire them and you get somebody new. And and the deal sounds with, fair. Well, Wish the deal we with, could do that here. <laughs> I know. Well, the deal with Liz Truss is that she was supposedly going, she's come in and she's going to change this, she's going to change that, and she's going to do this, and she's going to do that, and she's going to do this with economic stimulus, blah, 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 blah. And apparently it went, it got worse. You know, instead of getting better, things got worse. People going, okay, out of here. Now, what's interesting is the day before she resigned, this happened last week, the day before she resigned, she did an interview where she says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right in English. I'm not going anywhere. In, in, I'm staying here till we get the country turned around. And the next day she resigns. I'm going like, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Don't you think it's funny when people do that? They're like, I'm not. I do think that's funny. Well, but it's so weird. I mean, here's the whole country. See, their problems, the, one of the biggest problems is, I don't want to get into geopolitics, but I'll just mention this. One of their biggest problems is. Oh, yeah, is, so let's, let's just go ahead and do that. Well, no, they're, they're, they're still dealing with this Brexit thing where with this what brexit oh brexit yeah. yeah brexit whatever you want to call it okay where they're they're trying to get out of the uh, european union and they don't want to be in the european union they had a vote and it was funny they had a vote and they go well there's no way the english people are going to vote to get out of the european union and they voted to get out of the european union so they've been trying to get out of the union and it's complicated because of the fact that it makes everything more complicated with trade and with immigration and uh, going back and forth because under the old European Union thing, you didn't have to have a passport to go from country to country. You could go from, you know, Spain to, to France and the whole bit, and you didn't have to have a passport. Well, if you're not in the European Union, it's you're like another country. So in other words, if to go in order for people to go back and forth between France and England, you had to have a passport. And back in the day, you just, you know, 
you know, if you sold its stuff in England, you'd sold it to France, you'd just ship it to France. And no no customs or duties or anything like that. And, you know, vice versa, if you bought something from Denmark, they shipped it, you know, across Europe into England, and it was no big deal because you're all part of the quote-unquote European Union. Well, no, that didn't work. And so, and the crazy thing about it is everybody, I think all the countries converted over to the, the, um, the, the euro, except for England, which was still on their own monetary scale. They are still using pounds and things like that, which it's like, okay, so I don't quite understand that. That would be like us, you know, and the Canadians and the Mexicans all be deciding we're going to get together and we all settle on the peso or the dollar or the Canadian dollar is our standard. But yet that would be like, okay, we're not going to do that. And even though we're all the same country, we're like North American country, uh, even though we're the same country. If you come from Mexico, you can pay in pesos. If you come from Canada, you can pay in Canadian dollars. It's complicated. But, you know, once upon a time, you yep. got, you got. If it was on Facebook, it would be relationship. It's complicated. Well, you got mad at me when I say this, but this is a perfect example. I get mad at you a lot. There are people that are claiming, I've heard some very well-informed historians that claimed that are claiming that the fate that England is going to now is where we're headed as well, too. Which is? Once upon a time, England was the world power. They they ruled the world. They had this huge fleet of ships, and they colonized. You know, they had India as a colony, and they had all these places of colonies, and they, you know, they essentially ruled the world. They were the force to be reckoned with. And then, after World War II, everything just went to hell. and And everything they did turned to poop like for example used to be english cars were good cars now they don't make anymore they're all junk i mean you know literally is that true oh my god english cars i mean even even the it's the it looks like a paddy wagon the rolls royce you're talking about like the like the the range rovers i don't know what did they use for police cars i don't know i mean but, but the english cars used to be some of the finest cars in the world now they're junk Nobody, they don't even make them anymore. Most of the English companies have been bought up by the Europeans. Like Rolls-Royce is owned by, um, Rolls-Royce is, I believe is owned by, is that BMW? I believe it's owned by BMW now, which is. I don't know. Yeah. So they don't even make, and, and their cars got to the point where, I mean, the English used to have this reputation. Like, for example, the finest steel. So did we, Brad. The finest steel in the world was what they called Sheffield steel, which was made Mm -hmm. in Sheffield, England. Gone. They don't have it anymore. It's gone. Um. James Strong says, my Jaguar isn't junk. Well, <laughs> James, here's what I want you to do. I want hey, you, James, send me a picture of it, will you? I want you to go out in your garage. I want you to take your phone, put it in a record, and I want to hear that Jaguar start up and run. Matter of fact, even as I'm speaking, <laughs> no, I won't say that. He'll get uh-uh. mad at me. Uh, England just doesn't make anything anymore. They really don't. Their manufacturing base is gone. Now, I read this fascinating story. Let me I'm read sorry, you this. Can we backtrack a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. So what kind of – James, are you driving are, – are you fixing up a Rolls Royce? No, he has a Jaguar. The story is, as I understand the story, I may get it wrong, this is a, a car that his dad bought to fix up. Yes. And life got in the way, and he had to raise James Strong, and he never finished it. So James Strong, I think his dad gave him this car. It's like a well, here, let me see, he's texting me. Let me see what it is. Uh, Rolls owns Rolls. I don't know if that's the case or not. Anyway, so James Strong 
got this car, and he's doing a complete ground-up restoration. I think it's a what they call a body-off restoration, where they actually take the body off the frame and they sandblast the frame, and they and they. I don't know if he's if the the real the real aficionados will do what they call they'll acid dip the body. Have you ever heard this before? No. They take the entire body of the car and they dip it in an acid bath, which essentially takes all the paint off and takes it down to bare metal. And then they essentially will primer it and go from there. So it's essentially, it's essentially like a new... A dip and strip. Yeah, sort of like if you do that with furniture, they do the same thing with car bodies. Yeah. And, and, and Although there's not a place that will dip and strip. I think it's I think it's illegal now. Is it? Yeah, because um Okay, he says, but I'm talking about my daily driver, my twenty seven Jaguar XE. Hold on, let me look this up. I'm gonna look up on Wikipedia. That's your daily driver? Tw- what is it? What's it? <laughs> Two twenty seven. James, you are just the epitome of cool, dude. <laughs> Jaguar. I'm gonna look this one up. Jaguar. What did he say it was? It's X what did I say? X J E? Uh, I, I don't know. XE. I was just marveling at his 2017 Jaguar XE. Okay. Here's Wikipedia. The 27... Uh, oh, it's listed as is the 32 cars you should not drive. Stay away from these 32 cars. And that's listed in there. <laughs> Matter of I'm fact, sure. Honest to God, here it is. You shouldn't tease him like you do me, Brad. It's right there. It's the, it's the number four car you should not drive. It's unsafe. So, James... Um, you just go on and drive that car, baby. 2017 Jaguar XE for sale. Uh, oh, my God. Horsepower. Everything's bad. Estimated fuel economy for this car. Terrible. 27 Jaguar XE. Brad. Oh, my God. Oh. Stop it. XE review, pricing, and specs. Oh, Bradley. my God. Oh, it's terrible. James. James, don't listen to him. Pull He's that car over to the shoulder right now. You're B and S. You're a time Lots bomb. You're a time bomb on four wheels. Shelly will come pick you up and we'll get you a good car. Anyway, really? how are we talking about that? Yeah. Oh no. Okay. So here's the story. It's okay, James. I think it's cool. Okay, here's the story that was sent to me over the weekend. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I believe this or not. And I verified it, and it's actually sort of spooky. Okay. This is this is out of the Netherlands. Dutch government to seize 600 farms at gunpoint, claiming nitrogen is a pollutant. Okay? The Dutch government is going to seize 600 farms for polluting the environment with nitrogen. Now, if you know anything about farming, nitrogen is a very important part of farming. Matter of fact, if you're a gardener, you know that nitrogen is important to your garden. It's important to your your lawn and stuff like that. Okay? The Deputy Prime Minister, John Remsks, says he plans to follow the advice from the government's mediator to meet the nitrogen demands of European Union, which wants to phase out the use of nitrogen, calling it a pollutant. In response, Farmers Defense Force leader Mark Van Der, Van Der Oven says he and others will take to the streets in opposition to new standards, blah, 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 blah. Will Dutch farmers win the global fight against green globalism? Just about all the concerns of the farmers amid this conflict have gone completely ignored. The Farmers Defense Foreign Force lamented. Essentially what they're trying to do is they're, they're, they're using, he admits they come at a cost. He says under the EU's so-called green agenda, the Netherlands will be locked up because it will no longer be legally to issue permits, not for houses, not for farms, not for roads. And I don't expect the agricultural will be happy with the report. They're saying that there are 600 farms in the Netherlands that are too close to populated areas. And therefore, 
they're going to shut down those farms because those farmers, when they use nitrogen, they are too close to populated areas, so they're going to shut down the farms. Okay. I'm going like, okay, so what are these people going to eat? If you, you know, this is the crazy thing. This is like the deal with like the, the, you know, with us, with the electric cars. I love electric cars. If, if the problem right now is, and if less you're rich, I don't think Nissan makes the Leaf anymore. There used to be some cheap, some cheap electric cars. I don't think Nissan even makes the Leaf anymore. All the electric cars are like starting at like fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. And matter of fact, the new Rivian, uh, hold on a minute. Uh, the the new Rivian, um, like the new Rivian pickup truck, you probably don't even know who Rivian is, but matter of fact, they're the company that's like that's been been invested in by Amazon. I saw one. I think we talked about this last week. I saw one of the new Rivian delivery trucks. It's an electric truck that's built from the ground up to be an electric delivery truck by Amazon. Now, see, I think that makes sense because if you got a delivery truck, they're at the you know. At night, they're sitting out at the at the Amazon place, and they're they're plugged in, right? So the guys get done with their Amazon deliveries. They're done at like seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. They drive back to their place in in Earth City or out there in St. Peter's or wherever they're at down in in Fenton, and they plug the truck in. It charges overnight. Next morning, the truck gets loaded up with all the stuff for the day, day's delivery. The truck goes out in the road. It drives, you know. 100, 200 miles, comes back at night, plugs back in. Okay, that makes sense. I have no problem with that. I think that's a smart move to make. But if you're driving, let's say you want to drive to Denver, guess what? If you have a car, and let's say you get 300 miles per charge, which means you got to stop someplace in Kansas City to charge up, and then you got to, you know, stop someplace in Kansas at least probably a couple times, twice. Then once you hit hit Denver, you know, and once you hit Colorado, you got to charge up again. You may have to start, you know, stop and charge three or four times, maybe five times going to Denver, okay? If you're on the road and you're driving a car, you get off the interstate, you go to the gas station, you go inside, get yourself a little Debbie's and a Mountain Dew like I do, um, come back out. By that time, your car's full. You jump in your car, you fire it up, and your pit stops like maybe five, ten minutes maximum, okay? It's not an hour. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. I just don't understand the whole thing. And not only that, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. You think the farmers got it bad with this thing called right to repair? I watch these car channels. These guys complain you can't get certain parts from from Tesla because they are quote-unquote proprietary parts. They have firmware embedded in them, and they won't sell you the parts. It's the same problem that, that if you know this whole deal, it's the same problem that farmers are having with John Deere. John Deere used to be the part, you know, I mean, like the running, the running thing was farmer was not only a farmer, he's also a mechanic. He fixed his own tractors. Something went wrong with the, with the tractor, he fixed it himself, right? You can't do that anymore because a lot of the parts have, you know, circuit boards, embedded software, stuff like that, firmware, whatever you want to call it. And you can't just go buy the part. They won't sell it to you. The technician has to come out and install it. And, it, and not only that, it's like we talked about this with cars. Cars have gotten very complicated with what we call CAN bus. I know I'm going into weeds and stuff like that, but this is a network that... <laughs> did you see? Did you hear what you just said? What, what did I say? CAN bus. Yeah, CAN and bus. And you know you're getting in the weeds. Right. Like cannabis. Oh. You know you're getting in the weeds. It's called, oh. it's called CAN bus. And your car, when it's driving down the highway, is actually a computer network. All the parts are talking back and forth between the various parts and the computer. And if you replace 
one of the parts that's on the CAN bus system, the car won't work. You have to take it to the dealer, have it programmed. Because, okay. Well, but see, once again, you can't fix it yourself. What a conundrum. Well, I don't get me. Don't go there. on. You know, the cars nowadays are, you know, and I sound like, you know, those cars they're making nowadays, they're not designed to be repaired. They're just not. They're not like in the old days. You saw that. I had that on my Facebook page, this story with this guy. This guy owned a tow company. And he's like in his 90s now or something like that. And he had a lot where he towed these cars and certain cars he would keep. And he had like 300 old Chevys and, you know, primarily old Chevys from like 58, 59, 60. People are buying just essentially shells of cars, a body, no engine, no interior, all rusty. There was one, a 59 Chevy went for $85,000, $85,000 knew that car probably sold for, eh couple thousand brand new back in 59 because why because you could work on those cars you can't work on the cars nowadays i mean i'm the perfect example of that there are certain things in my cars i just can't fix anymore because of the fact that i don't have all the dealer stuff that's what happened to your car right the one i had to replace yeah it got to the point where it you you know there were things that went wrong with it that only the dealer could fix remember Yes, and, and and Caleb goes. That car needed some love. <laughs> well, well, mainly because of the fact that that it violated the rule of the Tappet brothers. Of what? The Tappet brothers rule. Okay. The car talk guys. What what was the rule? They said that the longevity of a car is directly proportional to how fast you accelerate and how fast you decelerate. So in other words, whatever, Brad, I do not drive that fast. So, okay, well, maybe sometimes. If it's like, but not all the time, like you, like you say, Mister, I'm going to drive forty. I don't drive. That was my dad. Totally, oh, you I, drive I forty. I I'm do like, not. what is that car up there? How come they're going so slow? Oh, it's Brad. <sighs> <laughs> okay, I got one for you that I saw the other day, and I thought to myself, okay. Uh, I just cracked myself up. We're what? talking about tar- cars this morning. I've got one that I'm going to run this by you next break, and you're going to go, "What in the world? Why would anybody do that?" And you're going to you. I'm going to tell you something that when I tell you this, you're going to go, "I don't understand." And me, and I'm not saying because it's how you, do you know that? I because I didn't get it. I'm going like I don't so understand. That means that I'm not going to get well, it either. It doesn't make any sense. Are you saying that you're smarter than I am? I I'm saying it's common sense, and it you ask if you ask <laughs> here we'll talk about. It. I, I'll give you a hint. It has to do with license plates. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, I need a new one. No, mine's actually um, disintegrating. Yeah, she needs a new license plate because her license plate says "Up yours," and you know it does not. <laughs> It is 725. It is BS.show. Halsey, good morning to you. It is 730. I am Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Did I say it was 730? It is 730. Okay, right on the button. Okay, it is 730. Okay, Uh, two things. First off, I did something yesterday I haven't done for a while, and I did terrible at it. What was it? I welded yesterday. You're laughing at me. Why are you laughing at I me? I am not. First off. I'm not. Well, I'm not la- well, it's not at you. It's. First off, I couldn't find. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. I couldn't, couldn't find. find any flux. I couldn't find my welding hat. Okay. 
Oh, Brad, please no. tell me that you didn't do that without it. Well, no, I had my welding face shield on, but I didn't have my welding hat. You know what I'm talking about? I do. And the reason for that is when you're welding a little 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 pieces of like molten metal go flying all over the place. They do. And a lot of times they go straight up and they come right down and they come right down on the top of your head. And I've now got burns on the top of my head because I could not find my little, and you wear a little, you sometimes, some guys wear a baseball hat backwards. Uh, actually, there's a, the only downside with that is some baseball hats are made out of material that are very flammable. So sometimes yes. your hair, your head can catch on fire through baseball cap. There's a special little, some guys, some guys actually have a, have a, a welding helmet actually has like a hood that goes backwards so that like and it actually goes down your neck because one of the worst things to have happen is like let's say you're welding and a piece of little slag goes down the back of your shirt <laughs> it's not a good feeling it's not like an ice cube okay so probably the worst welds i've ever made now part of it was was not my fault because i couldn't get my welding rig set up right i've got a, a mig welder that has gas and the whole bit people are, if don't know what i'm talking about but it's called shielding gas it's a, it's what's called stargon it's a special gas that when you're welding it essentially immerses the air, area being welded in gas and it keeps the oxygen out and uh, which gives you better weld there's a whole complicated story which we won't go into i could not get my gas working how's that for a line i could not get my gas working and Finally, I just said, I'm just going to weld without it. Oh, my God, horrible welds, terrible welds. And then I finally got my gas working, and still, I can't, I need one of the new, one of the new welding helmets have the fancy schmancy new welding helmets has the automatic darkening. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I've I've got one of the old school helmets that's got like a number 10, you know, uh, you know, glass in it, and it's like real dark. I couldn't see where I was welding. Well, we have one that you could have used. You have an auto darkening helmet? Do you really have an auto, your husband has an auto darkening helmet? You know what I'm yes. talking about? He has an auto darkening helmet. I will ask him, but I think it's yes. Well, I already did the weld, so I'm done with that. Okay. Why do why do Why do I? Why do I what? Mm-mm. Nope. Well, see, I used to weld all the time. I used to love the weld. And I have to tell you, I'm losing my knack. I mean, welding is an When was the last time you welded? When you did the purple couple purple year- fence over at one of your places? A couple years ago. Yep. A couple years ago. I haven't welded into like two years. So I drug out the welder and I fired up yesterday. And like I said, the gas didn't work for a while. I think I got a bad valve. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Okay. We're talking automotive stuff get this that morning. Out. Okay. Yeah, I got a bad valve. Okay. <laughs> Here's the story that when I saw this, someone forwarded this to me. So you'll like this story. And I first I scratched my head and I go, I don't get it. Okay, here's the here's the headline. E-paper license plate maker Reviver gets full approval for use in California. E-paper license license plate maker. Okay? What does that mean? E-paper license plate. That's probably the um the the temporary tags. You would think that, but that's not this case. This is, is a it? company called Reviver, R-E-V-I-V-E-R. You can look it up. I think it's Reviver.com. They have been test marketing these license plates in California. And essentially, the license plates, instead of being like stamped metal, the ones in Missouri, they use aluminum. Back in the day, they used steel. But they're stamped metal with embossed letters and stuff like that, like the Missouris are. Instead of using those you get a digital display that's six inches tall and 12 inches wide, the size of a license plate. And that's your license plate. And it digitally displays your license number. 
Well, then you can't put pictures on it. Well, but here's what <gasps> We could do that. No, 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 no. For hey, advertising. Hold, no, hold on a minute. It allows you to put on the bottom of the plate, depending upon the state, it allows you to put your own slogan on the bottom of the plate. Okay, but here's the interesting thing. It's And the, the reason they're doing this is that you can now essentially renew your plates online. So in other words, but here's where it gets complicated. You have to buy the display from this company. And Okay. And they charge you. You don't just you don't just buy it. So you can't go on Amazon. They charge you twenty dollars a month for the battery powered uh, license plates and twenty four ninety five for the hardwired versions. Now here's the problem. It has to have twelve volts to it all the time. So in other words, somebody has to install it. And yes, you have a license plate light that somebody could go in there and tap the license plate light, but it has to be, the electricity has to go to, the 12 volts has to go to the plate 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I have a, I have a 12 volt, um, oh, what is it called? Plug-in in, in the back of my car. Okay, but. but it even is marked 12 volts. But here's the deal. So you're paying this company $20 a month for their license plate, their digital electronic license plate, in addition to whatever your state fees are. And if you, this is the battery-powered version, and if you use the battery-powered plates, it's $20 a month, but the battery only lasts for three or four months. So every three or four months, your plate goes. Now, I'm seeing all sorts of problems with this. Now, the interesting, the reason this has gotten to be big news is they've done a pilot test program in California. It's 28. California says, okay, we'll allow this. And they pick one city. I can't remember what city it was in California. They say it was a small town in California. They say, okay, you can, you know, you give these people these electronic plates, give them to these people for, uh, you know, two or three years and we'll test it out. Now, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you're a criminal, you just put a switch on your dashboard, and when you commit a crime, you just turn your license plate off, right? You just turn the display off, right? No, seriously, think about it for a minute. You know, you go rob a bank, you turn the display off, you know, and when and not only that. Have you ever noticed that some people, we are a front and back kind of state. Yeah. And some of That's them, what she some said. people don't have their, I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. Some of them don't. Don't use front license plates. Missouri, Have you used, that? Missouri used to be like that for a long time. Long time we, ago. But we're a front and back kind of state. I know, but a long time ago, we only had back plates. Most so of, most of the, have they changed the law back? Or? Yeah, you no. Know, most of the states have have front and back plates, but Missouri was not one of them. Illinois always had for years and years and years had front and back, and Missouri had had only back, and they went to front and back. And the reason for that was that uh, you know if the police were going through a parking lot and you know they, if like let's say a car was was backed into a parking space, you couldn't see the license number because it was backed into a parking space. So having a plate in front and rear. There are, for example, there are like, for example. I mean, is it still illegal? What do you mean? Or, illegal? You, you can't you have, have just one plate. Yeah, in Missouri, you have to have two plates. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right, but there are certain cars. Matter of fact, my one truck that I is have. Is it three-quarter ton? No, was bought in a state. Originally, it was, it was sold to a dealership in a state that only had rear plates. So my truck does not have a front license plate mount on it. Does not have it. And yeah, and had to order. Matter of fact, it was funny because Gus ordered me one, and it was the wrong one. And so I just, I just drilled two holes through the bumper and just bolted it to the bumper. <laughs> How's that for for doing things the wrong way? Okay, but okay, let's go back to this a minute. Okay, 
Are you going to spend twenty four ninety five a month to have an electronic display for your license plates? No, and I think that that's wrong. Why is it wrong? Because um, it's just wrong. Well, I'm thinking to myself, okay. Why would you pay somebody twenty dollars? You know, because if they if they sat there and made it five dollars a month because they have for a, somebody because they have a patent on it and they can do that. It's like why would you why would you spend you know uh, you know two hundred dollars for earbuds when you can buy them uh, from Raycom for twenty nine ninety five? Well, because of they claim they're better. No, in this case, you know Apple has all these patents on their stuff with the iPhone. Okay, these this company claims that this is going to solve all sorts of problems because you won't have to go to the DMV, won't have to go to the DOR office anymore. You renew your plates online. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, somebody's going to get into the system and hack it. And it's going to be like the James Bond 007 Goldfinger, uh, Aston Martin DB7, whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about? Remember the um, movie where he no, had he but... had he can switch the license plates. He had different. He like you hit a button and the license plates turn. Yeah, they change out. They change to a different number, so he could be you could, he could have different license plate number. And I'm thinking to myself, shaken, not stirred. Well, baby. but I'm thinking to myself, okay, so the hackers are going to get in and figure out how these license plates work. Plus. You can put your own little slogan on the bottom, but there are they're they're going to self-edit you, so you can't put like Shelley would put like F U that would be on the I back of her license not. plate, and and they go oh you can't do that that's illegal terms it's it would be like it's like it's like the Facebook people running your license plates you could put on there like you know stop all abortions and they could say oh we're gonna allow that that's a political statement you can't put stop all abortions on your license plate or you know or you know abortion should be legal you can't do that because they're gonna i'm going like why would you spend this money for it i don't get it and not only that i would would put my business growing your biz okay but that's too long but see there's only you only get so many letters and then there's a light and dark mode where you can reverse it so in other words like let's say you're driving along at night and your 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 letters are white and the background's black you can hit a button and it reverses so that your background is is white and the letters are black. I'm going like, why would you want to do that? I don't get it. I don't know, man. Different strokes. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's set up so that like let's say let's say you do something wrong and the state decides they're going to cancel your registration, they just turn off your license plate. Is that right? I I'm, t- I'm telling you this is what they're doing. This is Big Brother. And if if and like if you're you know, you know in some states in some states, you are legally required, if you sell the car, you're legally required to take the license plates off and turn them into the police. What? Yes. Yes. Matter of fact, in California. I've Cal- never heard that. Oh, no, no, no. Have seriously. Heard that? Yes, I have. In California, the license plates stay with the car. If you change ownership, you don't get new plates. That's why there's there's this thing that there's there's these guys the original license plates for years and years and years and years and years in California were black with yellow letters okay there is a secondary market for those license plates people pay big bucks for the old California plates why because it's a status symbol because if you have black plate with yellow yellow lettering California it's a status symbol that means you've been in California for a long time you're not a newbie you're not a move in. I'm telling you, there's here. Let me look. C A license. I've never turned my plates in into the 
police department. Um, California license plates. Uh, here's here's an ad for the company, California Reviver. Uh, here it is right now, Reviver. You can buy it. You go to it's Reviver. Uh, R plate battery powered, nineteen ninety five a month for forty eight months. R, what is this? Two hundred fifteen dollars and forty cents a year for four years. So over the course of four years, you're spending almost a thousand dollars. Add well, to what cart. are you doing when you're paying forty bucks a month? RP plate, RF plate. I have to read this. Dealership program. Uh, become a licensed R plate auto dealer, reseller. Uh, da, 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 da. Significant revenue share from each plate sale. Share and recurring revenue stream from plate subscription timeline. Digital dealer plate, digital temporary license plate. Reduced overhead of paperwork and stickers. Use the R plate as a billboard in every car with your custom logo and message. Position your dealership ahead of the pack with leading edge consumer. T- I don't get it. Now watch me. Need the best thing. Best thing. I, I'm not going to pay 25 bucks a month to have a stupid electronic license plate. I mean, I mean, last plates I bought for my car, my little two, my little four cylinder. I think I paid for two year plates. I think I paid. I don't know, fifty six bucks or something like that for two years. Why would yeah. I pay? Why would I pay twenty five dollars a month? I don't get it. Do you get it? I do not. I don't understand it at all. Anyway, but what do I know? And the answer to that question is not much. So much. No. Every day is a golden nugget with you, Brad. Well, digital license plates, man. That's one I don't get. There you go. Okay, golden nugget. Okay. <sighs> Who's texting me? It's. It's Governor Pritzker. Okay. Of course it is, Brad. Okay. The smartest woman in the world says California has a huge stolen license plate issue. Okay. So they steal your electronic plate. So now what, what happens then? Do you what? have to include that in your insurance? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I, you know, there are some things. I'm don't a, you should know? I'm a, I don't I'm know. A don't te- you think? I'm a techno guy. I'm a technology guy. There are some things that, but even being a technology guy, there's some things I'm going like, Okay, explain to me. I don't understand it. It's like, why do you have a car that has a gazillion modules in it? And why does the car, why does the, is there a module in each of your doors that controls your, your, your window? Why does that have to talk to the computer? Why can't you just hit a button, an on-off switch, and, the, and, the, and the, the window goes up and down? Why do you have to have a module to control that? I don't get it. I know people that have had problems with that. I know one person. What does it have to do with anything? It's it's technology for technology's sake. Well, so I drive a car that's got a lot of technology in it. Right. My daughter, she's got so much technology in that car that it's almost overwhelming. Okay, look at the Kias and the Hyundais. All this technology, but yet you can take a screwdriver, you can pop a plate off underneath the underneath the dashboard, hit a little pin. Pop out the the lock assembly, stick a USB cord in there, you know, which doesn't really do anything electronically. It just does it physically. Put it on a little tab, turn it, and steal it. Okay, that's great electronics, you know. I mean, they spend all this money on fancy schmancy stuff, but yet they're stealing the cars left and right. I don't get it. I don't understand it. See, there's going to come a day when people are going to go like, you know what? My old my old watch worked just fine. I don't need to have my crock pot on the internet. I don't need to be able to go into an app yeah, that causes to, me pause. To, to see if my crock pot is at the proper temperature. I don't need that, mainly because I'd never use a crock pot, but that's a whole other story. 747. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. You know what's interesting about that? 
Have you ever seen that video before, that song? Selena? I have not. Oh, my God. It's a mini movie. It's like my kind of video. It's like a whole movie in four and a half minutes. It's it's one of those, it's, there's a real twist to it where you think you know what's going on, and then the very last 20 seconds of the movie or the video, you go like, okay, what happened? You need to watch it. Okay. It's Selena Gomez, and she's a super fan, and she breaks into this dude's fancy schmancy house. But yet, did she? And she's arrested, the police come, and they put her in jail, but did they really? I'm telling you, watch it. Okay. It sounds like um, uh, an intention grabber for it sure. Is. It is, and she walks around in her underwear and high heels, so that's why that's why I like it. But that's, <laughs> I'm sorry, she does. She's she she puts on his shirt. You know, she's like stalking him, like he's like some some model dude. You know, and he's he's a movie star or something like that. And she breaks into his house, and she's like taking a bath in his bathtub, and she's walking around and only his dress shirt and she's like laying in bed and the police come and arrest her and they put her in handcuffs and take her out and then the last 20 you you think you know exactly what's going on and then the last 20 seconds of the video and you go like okay what just happened what was what was that all about was that all a fake was it all like hokum nobody uses the word hokum anymore what is hokum you don't know what hokum is no I'll look it up in a minute. Okay, first off, I'm having an argument with the smartest woman in the world. She claims that Missouri, and by the way, I did a little research, 22 states uh, do not require uh, front and back license plates, just rear license plates, 22 states. Uh, The majority of states do. Okay, she's claiming, and I found the same thing she found, that they claim that Missouri, they went to two license plates in 1942. I will disagree with that, and I'll tell you the reason why. I remember this like it happened yesterday. My mom, my sister went to Hazelwood High School and the the um and she was older than me and the our our mascot was the hawk okay the hawk the K, the Hazelwood Hawks okay okay and they sold license plates as a fundraiser and my my mom bought one. My sister was selling license plates and they bought one and my mom had it on the front of her car. And I would have been like, I don't know, 13 or 14 at the time. I wasn't driving. And we went somewhere. I can't remember where we went. And a bunch of guys, we went to like someplace. We're in a different school district. I believe we were down like on like south of 270 in Bellefonte Neighbors or something like that where there's a different school district. Riverview, I believe Riverview. it was Riverview. Okay. And my mom pulled into a parking space at a shopping center or something like that. And a bunch of guys came up and started hassling her because she had a, a Hawk license plate that said, this is Hawk country on the front of her car. This would have been like 19, I don't know, 1966, 1965, something like that. Long time ago. I was okay. Okay. And the lady on the internet says that Missouri has required two license plates since 1942. I don't think that's correct because my dad worked in Illinois. And at one point in time, he, we were going to move to Illinois. We were going to move closer to where he worked. He worked at SIU Edwardsville at the campus over there. And we were going to move closer. We were going to move to Edwardsville. And my dad kidded about the fact that one of the things that would change, we would have to have two license plates on our cars. 
because Illinois had like two license plates forever and ever and ever and ever. And by the way, did you know there was a bill introduced in March? I don't think it went anywhere in Missouri that to go back to one license plate in Missouri. No. Yeah, I don't know if it. I don't think it passed, but somebody uh, uh, they they put the bill forward in the House of Representatives, Missouri House of Representatives, to go back to this would be on cars and commercial vehicles. It would still maintain. Now, here's the bizarre part of it. Do you know if you have a pickup truck that's licensed for eighteen thousand pounds or or heavier? You don't need a, You don't need to wear your seatbelts. No, 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 no. You don't. Uh-huh. You only get one license plate on the front. If you have it, and why? You, that's the way the law is. If you have an 18,000, if you have a truck that's licensed for 18,000 pounds or above, and there are people that buy a three-quarter or a one-ton pickup truck, you know, regular old, but it's not like, you know, like in, in a Ford, that would be an F-250 or an F-350, in a Dodge would be a 25 or 3,500, same thing like in a Chevy would be a 25 or 3,500. If you registered as 18,000 pounds, you only put a front license plate on it. And some guys get pulled over all the time. They actually put a, a, a plate on the back of their truck that says, licensed 18,000 pounds. So that's why if the police pull them over, hey, you don't have a real license plate. Yeah, I do. I don't, I'm not required because this truck's licensed for 18,000 pounds. The only problem with that is in a lot of areas, you're not allowed to drive trucks that are over 12,000 pounds. In most subdivisions, you're not allowed to drive trucks that are registered for over 12,000 pounds. Matter of fact, in Ladue, you're not allowed to drive a truck at all. Matter of fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but they have the truck parking lots on the outskirts of Ladue. When you drive in Ladue, if you drive a pickup truck, you have to park your lot in the little parking lot there. And then they have a little guy in a Mercedes who shuttles you to your house. You're not, uh-huh. allowed, you're not allowed to drive your pickup truck to your house. Okay. You don't believe me, do you? It's 7.59. <laughs> is it time for us to leave? It totally is. But we didn't talk about the Dutch farmers. We're getting their farmers taken away. Their farms taken away from them. Why? Because we talked about it. They're trying to cut down on nitrogen. I don't understand. You know, this whole environmental thing, I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, okay. Shaking my head. I don't, I don't get it. Are you SMHing? I'm shaking my head. Isn't that what that means, SMH? S- I don't know. I don't. I d- IDK. <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. Um, it's Monday and Brad. It's been a slice of heaven as usual, my friend. Um, have a great day. You got anything else to say? Yeah, on the suck scale, this show was a six today. Seven fifty nine. Wow. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.